Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, I'm Debbie. And I'm Allison. And we're... The Polter Gals. Spooky. <laughs> Hi, I'm Debbie. And I'm Allison. And we're the, the Poulter Gals. I almost said Poulter Pals, so oh that's why God. I stopped. I was like... What a wrong one. <laughs> well, welcome back to another episode. Um, so this time we are going to be covering the Baker Hotel. Yeah. Um, so it's actually a place that I've driven by almost a hundred times. Um, going up to Alney, Texas to see my family. Because um, this is located in Mineral Wells, Texas. Oh, Allison, will you get us started on the history? I guess. <laughs> so the story of the Baker Hotel began in 1922 when citizens of Mineral Wells concerned the non-citizens were profiting from the growing fame of the community's mineral water. Wow, can you guess why they're called Mineral Wells? They had mineral wells. That's crazy. Yeah, they were actually um, the largest distributor of water in Texas back in the day. Whoa. Anyway, <laughs> continue. <laughs> uh, they raised about $150,000 in effort to build a large hotel uh, faculty owned by local shareholders. They solicited, solicited the services of prominent Texas hotel magnate. 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 Sure. Yeah, that just means like a fancy person. So theater, Theodore Baker, Ooh. who gained fame by designing a building such grand hotels as the Baker Hotel in Dallas and the Hotel Texas in Fort Worth and managed the Connor Hotel in Joplin, Missouri. Hmm. Construction on the hotel began in 1926, but was stopped after Mr. Baker made the new Baker Hotel must have one in front of the hotel. Wow. That made no sense, but okay. Repeat. <laughs> that sentence, you like skipped the whole point. <laughs> Start back at the whole point. Oh, <laughs> but stopped after Mr. Baker made a trip to California where he visited a hotel with a swimming pool and decided that the new Baker Hotel must have one in front of the hotel. Hmm. The swimming pool was placed on top of an already complete basement, which was used as a work area for the hotel and changed area, changing area for guests. An Olympic-sized pool to be filled with a current 
with the current mineral waters. Cool. Was the first swimming pool built at a hotel in Texas. Wow, it was the first swimming pool built at a hotel in Texas? I didn't know yep. that. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, listen, it's hot in Texas. We need a swimming pool. So We need lots of them. That's why you got to come over and come swim in my swimming pool. So the if kitty you don't pool. know. No, we got a big pool. We got a 14-foot pool. Oh, we got a 14 foot. It's three feet deep. Um, we got it on the end of summer sale at Big Lots for only $130. It was amazing. It was the best deal of my life. That's a and whole we've lot. already used it like 100 times. That's so a whole you got to come over. We'll do Disney and pool night. Oh, okay. For your birthday. Oh, we can do it Sunday. And then we can oh, go yeah. to the show at Freight. How about that? Yeah. Come over and we can do swim day. Yeah. Okay, cool. We're going to have a girl's day. All right, oh. back to the episode. <laughs> Don't worry about our girl's day. It'll be Don't great. Don't worry about our girl's day. Well, uh, we're just going to be planning more polter activities. <laughs> so <laughs> construction began the following year on the grand and opulent structure. Wow, you said it right. I'm so proud of you. I, I was just kind of guessing and hoping for the best. and Yeah, just, just wing it, Allison. You're just... <laughs> Go with the flow, baby. Wow. <laughs> I've grown so much. I'm so proud of you. This episode, our, our podcast is finally turning good. <laughs> I always tell people the first 100 episodes, just scratch. Just don't, don't listen. <laughs> no. We even, have we even hit 100 episodes? In this case, yeah. listen to all episodes oh, yeah, because they just get them. stupider along the way. Yeah, it gets stupider. But, and Allison gets better. <laughs> But that also just allows more room for stupidity. Yeah, let me just get more stupid. hints. This conversation. This whole conversation. Again, another side tangent on an episode. <laughs> so, I which, feel like we're too self aware. Is that a thing? I don't know. Okay, well. <laughs> Maybe we're not, but then towards the end of the tangent, we're like, wait, this is irrelevant to yeah, anything and, like, and everything. Oh, oh, yeah, dang. We have to literally go back to... <laughs> oh, we're supposed to be talking about history right now. <laughs> okay, history of Texas. <laughs> so, opulent structure. Yep, we got that. Mm -hmm. And then, which was described by Palo Pinto... Yep, short. County yep. historian John Winters as right. a Spanish colonial revival. It is gorgeous. I will post pictures because, like I said, I've taken pictures. Um, I've always actually, wanted to go. Let's see. I was driving by. I think the year was like 2014. I was in Mrs. Beaver's photography class, um, and we were doing like the entrance for like, you know, when we did like the pictures and like you could submit them for contests. So I actually took a picture out of the window while we were driving by, and I submitted it for a contest. Did I? I win? No. But was it a good picture? I think so. So if I can find that exact picture that I Yikes. Entered, I'll I'll post it. Yikes. If not, I have other ones, so it's fine. <laughs> um so it would raise 14 stories over mineral wells and house 450 guest rooms, two ballrooms, and an in-house beauty shop. And other novelties such as a bowling alley, a gymnasium, and an outdoor swimming pool. This was completed three years later, and the final cost was $1.2 Woof. Which was about the equivalent of $19 million in 2021. Oh, and yeah. now it sits in ruins. Yep. Sadly. Wow. Um, has it not been in ruins for a while now? Well, they're, like, renovating it. Um, but we're not there yet. I'm going to talk about the tours in the haunted section. So, shh. Continue. 
We're skipping ahead. Oh, no. So uh, the Mammoth Building insistently dominated the city's skyline, and the Baker Hotel opened to the public in... 1929 on November 9th and celebrated a grand opening celebration gala two weeks later on November 22nd. It boosted boosted it it boosted boosted extravagant creature (laughs) comforts such as an advanced hydrological hydraulic (laughs) start over (laughs) hydraulic system Mm mm-hmm that circulated ice water to all 450 guest rooms, mm-hmm. lighting fans, lighting and fans controlled by door locks that shut off and on automatically when the guests left or arrived in their rooms, and a valet compartment where guests could deposit soiled laundry that was accessible by hotel staff without them ever even having to enter the guest room. That sounds so cool. Yeah. Like, we got to go. I know. Like, it would be so cool. We could go, and then we could just do, like, the tour there, and then you can come stay in my parents' farmhouse. And then we could do, like, a little our own little ghost haunt in my parents' Ooh. house. And then we'll come back. <laughs> Future trips. So, uh, TV Baker began to suffer financial difficulties in the early 1930s. I wonder why. I wonder what happened in the, in the early 1930s. Um, it had to be the Super Bowl. Oh, that's had when that be. started. Yeah, yeah, the Super Dust Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and you know that's when a lot of people got sad. I was <laughs> no. like, it was like I thought that's what when was they it called the the Great Sadness. I, I thought that that's when they got happy. Oh no, that was when oh that was when the stock market crashed. Oh wait, but the stock market <laughs> caused the Great Depression. Now oh, you know. <laughs> that's what that is. That's what happened. Oh man. <laughs> Um, so eventually he declared bankruptcy in 1934 the more you know and passed control of the baker hotel to his nephew earl baker earl baker who served as the hotel's manager as well as managing director of baker's gunter hotel in san antonio despite its owner's financial problem problems the baker hotel continued to thrive throughout the mid-30s as the decade came to a close however mineral wells reputation as a health spa was in decline advances in modern medicine and the discovery of antibiotics such as penicillin began to lead lead local doctors who had been encouraging patients to partake in the area's therapeutic therapeutic waters to invest more confidence in medicine wow so that's leading business to begin to suffer until a second wow. boom and the baker's popularity began with the fort fort waters 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 fort waters military base yep and open nearby in october of 1940 great it was home of the largest infantry placement in World War II, and the hotel enjoyed its greatest popularity and success as a result. Throughout war- World War II, the transient and permanent population of mineral wells hovered near 30,000, a large number of them making their temporary homes in Baker. Wow. 
After the war ended in 1945, Fort Walters was closed and business suffered. A smaller renaissance came in 1951 when the Walters facility was reopened as a helicopter base. Oh. And the Baker hosted the Texas Republican Party conventions in 1952 as well as in 1955. Wow. And the Texas Democratic Party held their convention at the Baker Hotel in 1954. Wow. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So aside from... These successes, business declined steadily through the 50s, and the proverbial... Proverbial? Yeah, sure. You did it. Final nail was driven by Earl Baker himself when he announced that he would be closing the hotel after the passing of his 70th birthday in 1963. Why didn't he just pass it on to somebody else? Come on, Earl. Because just like with the mansion, you can't ever hand anything out. I know. Otherwise, they don't want it. And then they'll just sell it to some people from California. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is why we can't ever have anything nice. I know. It's fine. Anyway, sadly, good job, Earl. Yeah, sadly, he was true to his word. And Baker shuttered the building on April 30th of that year bringing an end to 30 years of service to mineral wells in the surrounding areas. Wow. Good news is the hotel opened, reopened in 1965 when a group of local investors leased the structure from the Baker family, but the revival was brief and married by the death of Earl Baker mm. of a heart attack in 1967. Only three years after he closed the hotel. Yeah. Uh, he was found unconscious on the floor of the cavernous Baker Suite. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. That Which. sounds like some ghost making to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have the minerals for some energizing spirits, mm-hmm. so why not? Tasty. It's delicious <laughs> and healthy. Healthy. So, in 19... 19- 72, the baker closed its doors for the absolute last time. Mm-hmm. Although several groups had made offers to rehabilitate the structure, the building remained abandoned until 2019 mm-hmm. when it was announced that the Baker Hotel would finally be renovated and restored. Let's go. Yeah. Woo! It's been so interesting, like, getting to see it go from being super abandoned and like literally you would drive by and like half of the windows were busted out it was like boarded up it was so ominous and like obviously haunted um and then now it's like getting fixed up so it's kind of like it's so crazy because you know like i only drive by like on my way to see my family so i like get to see like little snippets it's like little snapshots of it in history um even since you know like the early 2000s till now so anyway that's my little two cents of that Uh, in 2014, citizens of Mineral Wells approved a measure of to allocate, mm-hmm. sure, a portion of the city's tax sales to the renovation project that will provide up to four million for the 65 million dollar project. Woof. Yeah. So going from a, a 19, well, what would have been like a 19 million dollar to yeah. now 65 million dollars. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. It's crazy. Plans were announced in August of 2019 
for the Baker Hotel Development Partners to purchase and reopen the Baker with a purpose purposed renovation budget of 65. Plans call to enlarge the current 450 rooms to bring the total number of rooms to down to 165. Wow. Which is depressing. Why not just keep the 450? No, I think they're probably small. They probably want to make them bigger, like no. sweet-sized. No. So for every one room, they're probably going to make two rooms. No. Or for every two rooms, I mean they're making one room. No. <laughs> keep the 450. Okay, I guess so. <laughs> the second floor will still be maintained as a luxury mineral spa. Ooh. This also... The renovation began, and the hotel is projected to reopen in 2024. Woo! So, we got two years. Yeah. Next time I drive by, I'm going to have to get another picture, and I'll post a little update. <laughs> and, of course, our favorites, Ghost Adventures. Jackie Baggy Boy. Took a visit to this lovely hotel on December 7th of 2012. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Now you made me yawn, Allison. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, well, that is it. all for the history. And now I made Allison yawn. Now it's contagious when you're enclosed in a small studio. I wouldn't say small. We actually moved to our new location. So it's it's actually good. fairly large. Fairly large. <laughs> large. <laughs> anyway, we'll do a commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Frozen, Frozen, heroes, gonna tell you about Frozen, Frozen, heroes, gonna tell you about. Hey, I'm Zach. And I'm Mike. And we have a fantastic new podcast to tell you about. Bros, foes, and heroes. It's the two of us looking into the world of comics, breaking down some characters that you may have never heard of. And some that are just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so Zach comes up with a character each time, and uh, I go into it just completely blind. I don't know who this person is or what their abilities are or anything. And, and basically, I guess we kind of go over their origin story and just some of the ridiculous stuff that maybe, especially Golden Age stuff. Oh, Golden yeah. Age stuff is always the best, and we will make sure to 
highlight all of the shenanigans and just absolute weirdness yeah. of everything. Yeah, that's right. So subscribe today and uh, follow us on Instagram at Bros Bros Heroes. And if you don't, I know where you live. Not really, but please subscribe. <laughs> bros and bros and heroes gonna tell you about bros and bros and heroes. Gonna tell you about. One Star Rewind, a new podcast about those dreaded one-star reviews that every business owner hates to receive, but yet every customer loves to read. During this podcast, we will peel back that one-star review to better understand how it happened, when it happened, and what the business owner is doing after receiving that one-star review. This podcast will be about love, hate, and laughter. On One Star Rewind, we will meet with real business owners will tell their stories and how they do rely on reviews for their business. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or download us at roguemedianetwork.com. Please subscribe, but only rate and review for not a one-star review. Join us each time for a new review and a new story. This is Sarah. And I'm Carter. And this is Some of Our Thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers, and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music, and we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. Wine Wine and vinyl. vinyl. (laughs) So check us out on roguemedianetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about a lot. word from our sponsors. Spooky. (laughs) All right, and welcome back. (laughs) Now that you guys know the history, it's time to get into the hauntings. (laughs) So this one, we're going to kind of break it up into like little stories that have been told and like individual ones. So um, the first story that I'm going to tell is actually about the woman on the seventh floor. Ooh. We love us a good woman as long as she's not wearing white. <laughs> Honestly, um. I got so tired. I didn't even bother re- reading if there was even a color to it. Great. Well, it just says I the just, woman on the seventh floor. So I assume it's white. I we just assume she's wearing white. But but I'm not going to say that. Or am I? I don't know. Let's find out. <laughs> um, so, of course, the stories of ghosts and hauntings... Um, began in the baker long before it ever closed so there was a porter who worked there during the 1950s and 1960s and he was the first known person to witness the ghost of the woman on the seventh floor 
She was actually possibly the mistress of the hotel manager. Oh. Earl? Wow. How Earl, dare he? Why would you do such a thing? Got a mistress in the hotel. Um, anyway, distraught from her affair, she jumped to her death from the top of the building. The year of the incident has not been verified, but the room she stayed in appeared quite comfortably. Um, it was actually a suite on the southeast corner of the seventh floor, and many have reported smelling her perfume, and her spirit is said to be quite flirtatious with the men she fancies. What is up with women and jumping from high... Okay, listen, we've had some women get blasted out of windows, <laughs> but then the other half of the women just jump out of windows. Like, I think I would rather get blasted. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would really, really just sit there, got a blast. Got a blast. Um, and actually get blasted. I don't know. I think that was just like, you know, like the trauma. And like, they were dramatic. So they're like, I'm going to jump from the roof um, to like make a scene. I feel like it was very much like about attention. Like... I feel like people don't throw themselves off buildings because enough anymore. Because it's not guaranteed <laughs> that you're gonna die. Um, if <laughs> that's what I'm most confused about, if you're gonna jump, it's not guaranteed that you're gonna die. That's true. But again, I, like I said, I think it's just for the dramatics. It's Listen, like, if you want to be dramatic, there are theaters for a reason. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> so like I said, I just don't think women throw themselves off roofs enough anymore. <laughs> I feel like that's problematic. Please don't quote me on that. <laughs> the amount of things I've said. Anyway, recently, a, a woman who worked as a maid in the hotel actually reported that on several occasions, she found glasses in the room with red lipstick stains on the rims. Um, this took place at the times when no one was staying in the room. So, just a little wine glass sitting on the corner. I mean, I guess, kiss, I guess. A little little cheeky uh. moment on it. Um, and then Jane Catrette, who was actually, um, who is assisted by Ronnie Walker, who now manages the building. Ronnie manages the tours of the building on the weekends um, when time allows and is quite knowledgeable of the history of the hotel as well. Reports of a few sightings of disembodied guests. Oh. Ronnie reported one night that he was near the main lobby on the first floor when he heard the distinct sound of a woman in high-heeled shoes walking across the lobby floor. Thinking the footsteps to be the one of Jane Catrette, he yelled out her name. Hey, Jane, what's up? <laughs> what's good? Oh, hey, girl. Uh, what's up? <laughs> um, however, the footsteps faded away, and upon further inspection, Ronnie found himself all alone. Oh, don't worry. I'm just waving to the poultry pal that's over there. <laughs> Hi. How's it going? Later, he had discovered that Jane had not been in the building that day. So it was, in fact, a ghost. <laughs> was their name by any chance Michael? N no, it was not. We got a little specter <laughs> speaking in on us. Peeking in. Um, and then on another occasion, Ronnie actually reported being on the seventh floor, resetting like an electrical breaker um, to the Christmas lights, um, which actually continuously kept tripping every night during the display. So he would have to go and reset the breaker box every night. And I'm like, Yikes. dude, just unplug the Christmas lights. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> um, anyway, so as he was inspecting the fuse box, attempting to locate the breaker switch, he heard the footsteps of an unseen person walking up to his left. 
quietly, as though not to bother him. A bit startled, he turned to look and saw no one. Ronnie then spoke to the possible ghost and assured them he meant them no harm. And after that night, the lights were never tripped off again. Oh. So that was nice. The ghost was like, he just wanted to know. Oh, I, was, I thought you were going to hurt me. I thought you were going to try and exercise me. <laughs> <laughs> exercise? Hey, we all, need a, we, all, we all need a good workout. That's true. <laughs> Sometimes just need a, they just need to work themselves out the door. Oh, there but, you go. But anyway, just tell the ghost you don't mean any harm and you'll be fine. Um, so that is, of course, the story of the woman on the seventh floor um, who hates Christmas lights <laughs> <laughs> and loves men. <laughs> oh, um, the next one I'm going to um, tell is actually called the Brazos Room, mm-hmm. which is cool because we're actually on the Brazos River here. Um, and the Brazos actually flows all the way up. It actually no, goes we all not, the way up. We're not even close right Okay. We're well, actually kind of close. What? We're, we're literally de- in downtown Waco, which is dec- right by the Brazos. We're decently close. We're decently but- close. We're like two miles away from the Brazos. Yeah. Anyway, so this is the story of the Brazos Room. Um, Another incident occurred during a tour of the hotel by a group of World War II veterans and their spouses as the group entered the Brazos room on the very first floor, which is actually like the main dining room and like dancing area that they Uh have. um, A couple suddenly stopped. The woman looked at her husband and asked, do you hear that? He replied, why? I certainly do. That's creepy. About that time, other several people in the group began to hear sounds of dishes and silverware clinking, as well as people talking, like orchestra music, and like orchestra music was going on in the background. So they might have walked themselves into a little ghosty soiree. Oh. Um, (laughs) um, And actually, almost all of the people um, in this group reported this event, like, all together like they all experience this this was not just that one couple that's pretty Uh, cool though it has never happened before nor since and according to the source um but the witnesses were very sure of what they were experiencing was ghostly echoes of a time long past i mean was it not it was it was used during world war ii though Mm -hmm. remember back in the 1940s was it reopened um, and guess what happened in 1944? <laughs> I mean, that kind of makes sense, though, that it would happen with a bunch of World, World War II, II vets. Yeah, that's so, like, ooh, I got a little goosebumps. Like, so it makes sense, it but was like then a, it's also, like, well, maybe we need to test this theory. Hmm. Instead of a bunch of 13-year-olds being locked up in a house, yeah. maybe we need to so lock not a, locking teens. We got to lock old people. Yes. I, I don't I don't agree with either of these practices. Just just so the record is clear. But for legal reasons, this is a joke. <laughs> but if you put them in a what used to be Ooh. used for war, why? Ooh. And if it hasn't happened since, but you also haven't yeah, had don't they other have, like, PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> are if we trying you, to advocate for mental health <laughs> on i mean this yes show? but the thing is is that if they're considered trigger objects oh my God. wouldn't you need to use the tr- the people with trigger oh, so people are the, the trigger in order object. to use them as a trigger object so therefore you're using you're triggering one thing with another only that one thing that is supposed to be triggered is actually triggering them so therefore, <laughs> the ghosties are also trigger objects, but for the humans, but while the living humans mm-hmm. are actually trigger objects for the ghosts. 
My mind is blown right so, now. So, in order to do so, we have to get World War II veterans and, and put them, them in the hotel to see who, which one is truly the trigger see what's object. Happen. Okay, I got you. I'm picking up what you put. <laughs> um, anyway, so that is the story of the Brazos room. Um, about a side tangent. <laughs> up next is the fresh air ghosts. So, um, I didn't know Will Smith visited here. The Prince of Fresh Air. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, the Fresh Air Ghosts. Um, So, a young woman who worked at a local drive-thru bank in the early 1990s actually reported that she and other tellers had their workstations facing the hotel. So, like, at the bank where they are. And, like, honestly, the hotel is so big in downtown, like, everything faces the bank. Um, But anyway... So they said that their like little workstations faced the hotel. During slow times, they would notice the hotel windows opening and closing on various floors. Later, they would no- notice these windows closed, and then others would open. So just as some of them would open, some of them would Yikes. close. And the pattern would always change. One of the girls told the others, it just must be the man who lives in the building and takes care of it. And after that, the interest ceased, and they kind of just stopped noticing. So they're like, oh, that makes sense. You know, it's probably them just trying to air out the rooms. <laughs> the strange thing, however, is no one has ever stayed in the baker at any time since its closure back in 1970 until 2019, when it was recently starting to get refurbished. So back in the 90s, there was nobody in there. I mean, there might have been some squatters, but... Not enough to open and close that many windows. Open and close windows in different patterns every day. And this was an everyday occurrence. Um, There was never a caretaker. So who was opening and closing the windows? We'll never know. I'm telling you, it's Will Smith. It's Will Smith. Come on. Keep my ghost's name (laughs) out your mouth. Um, it just makes sense. All right. And I have one last story for us today before we go on this wonderful episode about one of the buildings I've loved so long. So this is called The Anonymous Psychic, The Nostalgic Ghosts, and A Shaggy Dog. And no, this is not an episode of Scooby-Doo. Um, <laughs> so in the spring of 2000, um, this person spoke with a local mineral wells woman who claimed to be a psychic. She actually wished to remain anonymous for fear of ridicule in such a small town. Obviously, in like a little tiny town that's like dried up and like, yeah, you know, there's no one there. So she was like, huh, I'm a psychic. And the town is like, we're going to burn you as a witch on the stake. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm pretty sure that would be Salem. But <laughs> oh, well, oops, wrong town. Wrong, wrong town, wrong <laughs> state, wrong everything. But anyway, she was afraid of being like made fun of. So she wanted to remain, um, remain anonymous. Um, and she actually said that ever since she was a young girl, She's had the ability to see spirits. And she said she's been in the baker many times and had even managed to shop on the outside of the first floor back in the early 1980s, um, which is crazy. Um, so it was right across the street, had her own little shop. Like it Dang. had just closed in the 70s um, or I guess in the late 60s. Well, it closed in 63, died in 67 whatever whatever um but yeah so she actually used to have a little shop back on the um back on the first floor outside of it um and she said that all of the ghost stories are true 
The baker is very haunted, but not like how most people think. Most ghosts don't necessarily die at the baker, um, but rather returned after their death because of the hotel represented a wonderful time in their lives. As we talked about at the Stanley, people um, went there after they died. Um, Many famous people had been there and they just went there, you know, just to hang out or whatever, right? They were like, oh, I'm dead. You know, I'm a ghost. I can travel where the heck I want. (laughs) So why don't I go back to this cool hotel? So she went on to say that most of the spirits in the hotel um, do not want to be seen or heard with the exception of a small child. A little boy. Billy! Billy. (laughs) He's said to be about six to eight years old and was the only one who would actually communicate with her. He told her that he died in a hotel apartment back in 1933 when his parents were seeking medicinal treatment for his leukemia at the Mm. hotel. Um, Again, back before we had... um, you know, standard medicine, and they would just be like, yeah, just go get some fresh air and some mineral water, and you'll be fine. Um, mm. So it is said that poor this little Billy. Boy, poor little Billy passed away. Um, she then reported a large shaggy dog would always accompany the child, which I think is so so really is a school, real life, not real life Scooby-Doo. <laughs> not real life Scooby-Doo, but actually real life. Um, but yeah, so she said there'd be a large shaggy dog who would always accompany the child. He would uh, bounce a ball to get her attention, and he was watched by an unspoken older woman who would always be near him. So it was just, he was being watched out for at the hotel by, so by a doggo and an old lady. Um, which I think is really cute. Um, and then the psychic went on to say that the spirits don't necessarily look the age they were when they died. Um, so some were actually employees of the building. Um, one said, one is said for reasons she didn't understand was actually a helicopter pilot who attended basic training at the Fort Walters, that military base that was there, um, actually in 1960s. Um, he was then killed in a helicopter crash while at Fort excuse me, Fort Ruckter in Alabama. Um, And then he eventually returned back to the baker with his body in the same traumatic state that resulted from the crash. See? So So which one really is the trigger object? I I don't know. Um, But yeah, those are just some of the ghost stories that the psychic says that is in the building, um, as well as the other ones I've already told. So that's pretty cool just to know a little bit about the history and how um, some of the ghost sightings just stay back to it. And you can like kind of place the time period, um, which I think is so cool. So we can't walk in? Not yet. Not yet. But we're running out of World War II vets, man. (laughs) (laughs) They're dying quicker now than during the actual war. (laughs) Allison. (laughs) Anyway, well, thank you for listening to another episode of Poltergals. Um, Allison, give us all the stuff. (laughs) Also, I love you all, World War II vets, along with all other vets of the military. (laughs) I really do. This is for scientific purposes only. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love you all, but you can follow us on Instagram. <laughs> if you want to be locked in your hotel, slide if in our DMs. If you're interested and you think ghosties are cool, slide in our DMs, Facebook, Instagram. You can also, if you really are up for it, <laughs> send us an email. Send us an email. You're old. And you probably know how to email. <laughs> you can also join our Patreon. Yeah, join our Patreon. Give us yeah. money. Yeah. 
that money that you give us will just be used to fly you out there to do the experiment. Yeah. So it's perfect. See, there you go. It's great. Well, thanks again <laughs> for listening to the Polter Gals. Bye. Bye. <laughs>